Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Ecclesiastes 2. Anything goes, but nothing lasts. The futility of pleasure. Are you expecting more out of life than it can give? Think about that for a minute. Are you expecting more out of life than it can give? Worldly pleasures. That's what we all want, right? Eat, drink, and be merry. That's why we casually wish everyone a happy whatever. Um, happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, happy Father's Day. I mean, I get I, people say happy Mother's Day to me, and I'm not a mother. Um, you know, happy whatever. What is happiness? I heard this quote in the most unlikely place, but it is so true. What's happiness but the moment before you want more happiness? Don Draper in Mad Men. Yes. Don Draper was the character played by John Hamm, who was a Madison Avenue executive in uh, the stories set in the early 60s and early 70s. Though he was creative, smart, and successful, all his power, money, and fame got him nothing but drunk. His was a sad story, as is Solomon's. In yesterday's chapter, Solomon tried gaining wisdom and knowledge, yet still found life meaningless. What does he try in this chapter? Well, let's dig in. Ecclesiastes 2, the futility of pleasure. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at this foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. 
I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both uh, men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold and treasure, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. The wise and the foolish. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. For who can do this better than I, the king? I thought wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Sounds like a proverb. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool in the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. The futility of work. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I have earned. And who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless! So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of all my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It is all meaningless. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food, drink, and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Can't take it with you. Solomon spent seven years building the temple, God's house, and 13 years building his palace, his house. 
he accumulated women, gold, and horses, and who gets it all when he's gone? His son, Rehoboam, inherited it all. Eventually, it is all lost, as we'll see when we pick up First Kings again. Apparently, Solomon wasn't too keen on his successor, but he couldn't do anything about it. Solomon's problem was that he had no boundaries. We normal people do, at least most of us. Take wealth, for instance. I had to learn that, that boundary the hard way, that if you don't have the cash to pay for it, don't buy it. In other words, credit cards are foolish. Solomon had the money, so he bought whatever stirred his fancy. All for nothing. Money doesn't equal or buy happiness. We just keep searching for more and more. Everything under the sun. In Proverbs, which he wrote when he was much younger, he was genuinely seeking godly wisdom. However, the further he strayed from God, the more he was lured by the lusts of life, pride, greed, and women. Thus, he comes to the conclusion that wisdom makes no difference. You can be surrounded by people but still feel lonely because you lack a relationship with God. Life is not God, and we have tastes that only God can satisfy. In other words, we need God, not anything that this world can offer. Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians 4, starting in verse 10, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Pleasure isn't sinful. If you follow Jesus, you can still enjoy life. I love going out with friends and traveling. I do, however, spend within my means. I obey God and, and he has provided. I am blessed and grateful. Missionary Jim Elliott, who was a modern day Christian martyr, um, wrote that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose, that which he cannot lose. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, starting in verse 3, or second half of verse 3. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them 
into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So what is the value of all your wisdom? Well, it depends. Last week, I attended the Celebration of Life Memorial Service of a colleague. It was joyful because he was a born again Christian and we all knew that he was in heaven with Jesus, that he is in heaven with Jesus. Don was a business mentor and he also participated in Bible study groups. He was a retired business executive who loved to share his wisdom and expertise with budding entrepreneurs. He changed the lives of many people. He left a legacy. True wisdom comes from God. James, Jesus' brother, wrote in uh, James 3, starting in verse 13, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is a self-ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, uninspired, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, it all, this, all this really helps if you have the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? All you need to do is believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. And then he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. Because thank God this world is not all there is. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes. Or you can click on over to my blog. Click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I embedded a really pretty hymn that just kind of goes with this. You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. 
Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.